Chris. And I'm Crystal. We've been friends for 4,743 days, and this is Fiction Fan and Otherwise. A podcast we created to educate aliens about the minutiae of human fandom interactions. <laughs> Hi, I love Mom. that. Hi, Mom. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Chris? Uh, today, we are taking a, sort of a, I wouldn't say a deep dive, but we're dipping our toes into your and I's sort of personal history with fandom. And specifically with, like, the fandoms that we have been most active in reading for. Not yeah. necessarily most involved in, because I feel like that's kind of a different conversation. But certainly the ones that we've read for most frequently. And by read for, you mean uh, read fan works for. Yes, I do mean read fan works for. For those who are uninitiated, let's talk about what fan works are. A fan work is... Well, let's maybe not start with fan work. Let's talk about what a transformative work is, which is mm. sort of the umbrella that fan fiction falls under. So a transformative work is like a work of art in some way that takes a piece of pre-existing media and transforms it into something else. So that could be art that's drawn for like a movie, uh, also called fan art is considered a transformative work. Fan art, I think, is exists in a different category maybe than fan fiction in terms of like whether or not it is profited off of. Mm -hmm. But fan fiction to me certainly is once it's published work, because it has to like get through copyright to be published, then it's like no longer really fan fiction and becomes its own standalone work, regardless of whether or not it is a transformative work. So fan fiction is always a transformative work, but transformative works are not always fan fiction? That's absolutely how I would define it. So we okay. never got around to actually defining what fan fiction is. Uh, fan fiction is a piece of like a narrative work, um, typically prose and not poetry, though I've seen some that are poetry. It's I've seen just, a lot that are poetry. I think it's less common, I think. That is based off of a pre-existing work. So anything that's like um, that you enjoy. So if I watched Magic Mike XXL and then was like, I want to write about the characters of Magic Mike XXL. And, and then I would put that out there for somebody to read. The fact that I took existing characters from another media and wrote them into my own situations, that's what makes it fan fiction. Yeah, so fan fiction is any written piece of work that involves the character's setting or like major plot conventions from an existing piece of work that is published without the intent to profit off it. Because if you publish it with the intent to profit off it, then it becomes copyright infringement and that is a crime. Okay, so let's talk about like the platforms where fan works have historically existed. First of all, there are zines, which before the internet, this is really the original way in which fan works were distributed to people. And oftentimes they were something that was paid for, but only so that the the printing of these zines could continue because they were something that was printed and physically like you could hold it and you know look through the fan art and the fiction that has been written about specific characters these zines usually were 
for one specific fandom, a fandom being like the group of people surrounding like a specific work. So the Star Trek fandom, for example, had many zines back in like the 80s, which would have like tons of fan fiction and fan art that people could collect and look at and read and enjoy interacting with each other. And oftentimes this fan work and fan fiction was created by many different creators who were just trying to like create community around, you know, the original piece of work that they enjoyed do you have any insight on how these people sort of got in contact with each other i think a lot of these people got into contact with each other through conventions okay that makes sense and i feel like a lot of these zines were sold at conventions oftentimes also like sent through mailing lists like you would sign up probably at a convention to get them later once the internet took off, fandom went through a pretty significant metamorphosis in how fan works were accessed. I mean, conventions still absolutely happen and have, like, through this whole transition period between these, like, in-person, like, mailing lists and zines. Zines still exist. I mean, but they're just, like, lesser in number now. Yeah, and typically if you get your hands on one, you find it through the internet. Or through conventions, but I feel like getting them at conventions is a little, maybe less common these days. Just because it's expensive to attend conventions, uh, either as a seller of work or as a just an attendee. I don't know how it used to be like back in the day, pre-internet, but it, they can be cost prohibitive now. But once the internet really took off and fandom sort of adapted to exist on the internet, fanfiction was accessed a lot through forums and like individual websites that were hosted by individual people for their own work or for a specific fandom then this was before my time so i don't know a lot about like fan fiction communities and the way they existed at that time i have like been to some of these forums and older websites that are still sort of exist as relics but this was like very early days of the internet, like late 90s, early 2000s fandom. We've been through a lot of changes since then. So these forums and individual websites, any that exist now are sort of relics. It's definitely not the place that fandom largely exists anymore. And from there, uh, you know, as the internet sort of evolved, the way that uh, fan fiction was distributed evolved with it. And we see like a lot of websites that are specifically dedicated to the distribution of fan fiction pop up. Was LiveJournal originally for fanfiction or what was it? Okay, no. So LiveJournal, it is definitely like the place that fandom, I would say, really took off. Like, I feel like a lot more people got involved in fandom once websites like LiveJournal got popular. But LiveJournal is sort of like Tumblr in that it was a like journaling blogging platform. There were many uses for LiveJournal when it was popular, including like some people just like writing about their day to day lives a way to find community with people online for many interests. It was kind of a blogging website. At, like, I know that one of the things that I hate about LiveJournal, other than the other obvious things that we'll get into, is that they seem to have, like, a word limit. And so, like, a lot of fan fictions were, like, spread out over many, many posts because they couldn't actually get long enough. Yeah, I have also noticed that. LiveJournal was also a little before my time. I have definitely read things on LiveJournal, but by the time I was like a regular internet user, LiveJournal had essentially fallen out of fashion. The reason LiveJournal took off for fandom or why it was popular for fandom is because it 
had a pretty good ability to like build communities of similar interests because you know you would find someone or a group of people that were interested in the same sort of fandom things that you were doing so the things that had been popular during the forum and individual website days were much more accessible because you didn't have to go hunting for these little individual very niche websites you had one website where you could look for the people that were interested in the things you were interested in all on one platform as opposed to like spread out to many disparate corners and they had a ta- like a very early iteration of like a tagging system so you were able to try to find specifically what you were looking through under like a, a label i don't know how to explain tags i mean tagging systems are essentially sort of like any archival system like the same sort of things that they use at a library it's just instead of using like the dewey decimal system it's like word based for live journal and for some of the other platforms that we'll talk about as we go on in the episode so if you knew what you were searching for you could typically stumble across it it was not i would say nearly as intuitive as some of the other platforms we'll talk about which is part of why it's no longer the major website in use uh, definitely not the major reason that it's not used so much anymore. The major reason that LiveJournal fell out of fashion is because sometime, I want to say it was the tw- like 2010s, but like the early 2010s, there was an event on LiveJournal which has sort of been retrospectively labeled the strike through event or just strike through in which a lot of the fan work on the website was mass deleted, like essentially overnight without warning. So for anybody that wasn't keeping good like backups of the stuff that they really liked like the fan fiction that they enjoyed reading if they didn't have that downloaded it was just completely gone after this event and i believe strike through targeted specifically like explicit fan fiction but i want to say that a lot more than just that was ended up being caught in the crossfire because tagging systems for live journal to sort of indicate what content was in a fan fiction were pretty rudimentary it was a difficult to target specifically fan fiction that was explicit. Not that any fan fiction should have been targeted to be deleted, but because of this event, a lot of the fan fiction on the site was lost. So after that, people that were involved in fandom communities didn't really trust the platform anymore because they were worried that something like this would happen again and that they would lose the fic that they loved, or in a lot of cases, the fic that they'd written that they didn't have their own personal backups of outside the site, which for works that you've put years of work into writing that was really devastating yeah so because of this event there was a mass exodus from live journal understandably because you can't really trust a site that might just delete everything that you posted on it so a lot of creators moved to websites like fanfiction.net or in some cases they created their own archives for specific fandoms fan works like the Kirk Spock archive and um, in like I think there is a specific archive for Lord of the Rings. In a lot of ways like these archives were not safe either. I mean, I know that like the specific the fandom specific archives, they did for the most part like stay safe as far as deletion was concerned. Um, but they were pretty rudimentary still in like their tagging system and it was hard to navigate these websites but fanfiction.net did the same thing that LiveJournal did eventually by just mass deleting a bunch of work that was explicit in nature or um, could be considered as such I guess yeah 
What was interesting about fanfiction.net is that I think it was really one of the first websites that was specifically created to host fanfiction. And it had, I would say, in comparison to previous sort of homes for fandom and fanfiction, a not terrible tagging system. It was a little... I cannot understand fanfiction.net to this day. I do not understand the tagging system. I have never really did fanfiction.net. I went, I, I used LiveJournal, but I went from like Tumblr and LiveJournal to Wattpad to Archive of Our Own. I, and then later in life, I went to fanfiction.net. I don't understand their tagging system. Like, I just do not get it. That's so hilarious. So fanfiction.net is the first website that I was like involved in vis-a-vis fandom and fanfiction. So maybe that's why it makes more sense to me because that was the first thing that I ever really used. And you can sort fairly effectively if you're looking for specific characters or specific relationships or broad genre, I guess you could say. Because they do have like a tagging system for like very vague genre categories. But anything more specific than that, you're kind of out of luck. But yeah, like you said, there was another mass deleting event that took place on fanfiction.net. And so that platform was abandoned as well. And in sort of the interim period, some people went to Wattpad, which was, is, I guess, still in effect, a website where anyone can write fiction of any kind it also hosts original fiction but it hosts fan fiction as well it's just a platform for like writing and distributing written works i used wattpad briefly in middle school and hated it the whole time so i was never really well versed in finding or reading much there started using wattpad in seventh grade and i didn't stop until well into high school like i wattpad and i were best friends i remember those days definitely You can't, you couldn't find it, like, you couldn't figure out how to find stuff on Wattpad? No, so the only thing that I ever really read on Wattpad was, like, terrible original fiction. Me too, but, okay, yeah, here's the thing about Wattpad, right? I, like, I was a master of it when I was younger. I could, I found, like, a bunch of original fiction, that's where I started with it. I found it actually trying to find um, a bootleg copy of a Vampire Academy book, like, the first book, because I just wanted to read it online. I, like... I had borrowed your copy, but I I was like, I want to read it again. And I found the first chapter on Wattpad, but they didn't have anything else. But I did find a bunch of original works that I didn't realize were like not published. I didn't know what Wattpad was when I first found it, essentially. But from there, like I really got into it. I was enjoying all the books and stuff. And it wasn't until much later I started reading fan fiction. The thing about Wattpad is that like I went back to it recently just to see what the fuck was going on and to see if I could find any of the old like original fix that I had seen there and I I do not understand how it works (laughs) like I don't understand their tagging system it's another website where now as like a 23 year old adult I cannot figure it out I cannot figure out how it works at all yeah, there. I would say Wattpad is really not user friendly, and I know some people also went to Tumblr to post fic, and some people do still post fic exclusively to Tumblr. It's not super common. Uh, it does happen. I would say it seems like younger people, for the most part, are using these days Tumblr as like their primary fan fiction platform. You see a lot of like self inserts, which is maybe a can of worms we should get into today. So yeah, that brings us to sort of the crown and glory of like fan fiction hosting sites, 
which is our most beloved archive of our own, which is hosted by a group called the Organization for Transformative Works, which is a nonprofit organization that does several, like they have sort of several areas that they're involved in when it comes to fandom. So of course they are the sole runners of Archive of Our Own because there's no added influence uh, and it's owned outright by the organization, which is great because that is one of the things that sort of keeps it safe from the mass deleting episodes that have happened on other websites because the uh this like the nonprofit organization for transformative works owns it outright and is the, like the sole operators of it that sort of prevents outside influence from coming in to wreak havoc and and the other thing that keeps it safe is that the servers that they um use to host um, all of the works that are on that website are purchased through money that is crowdfunded from like users of archive of our own themselves. So they don't have any like third party advertisers or anything like that on the website. It is completely um, ran and funded by people who um, use the website. Yeah. And also, I believe it's the people that donate to the upkeep of the website who are able to vote in the elections for the Organization for Transformative Works. So that's sort of, there's a democratic process where the people that pay to keep the website operational, or the fans, essentially, that host their fic on the website, because that's the people who are paying, the readers and writers of the platform, are also involved in the elections for the organization that runs the platform, which is a level of control over where fanfiction is hosted and read that has never really existed in another platform. And the great thing about the Organization for Transformative Works is that they also have several other areas of interaction with fandom and like online fan culture. They run Fanlore, which is an online wiki, sort of like Wikipedia, but not owned by the same group. It's just following a similar format that preserves and discusses like the history of transformative work and fan works and fandom, which is great. Uh, and they also operate as like legal advocates. They have a, a like a team of committed legal advocates that work for the organization of transformative works or work with the organization of transformative works to protect people who write or create fan works from legal ramifications there have been situations where legal stuff has gotten involved with people writing like was it an Anne rice sued a couple of fan writers back in the day for using her characters yeah, yeah, that was something that happened back sort of in the height of the Vampire Chronicles popularity is that people who wrote fan fiction about that book series uh, were threatened with legal action by Anne Rice and her team. For a really long time, actually, nobody would post any fic for those series at all. There are some artifacts from when this all happened that still exist today. You'll see at the top of a lot of fan works that a lot of writers will say, I do not own any of the characters of this story. I've only come up with like the situations that they're in. There's like a lot of disclaimers worded differently for each author, of course, that are just sort of like, hey, I don't own these characters. I'm just writing about them um, in order to try to cover their own ass when it comes to if another Anne Rice kind of creator pops up somewhere. Yeah, and a part of the reason why the Organization for Transformative Works is able to protect fan writers and fandom in general 
is because uh, part of their terms of service, if you post anything on the platform, you are not allowed to profit off it because profiting off of fan work is considered copyright infringement. That is sort of why fandom exists in the legal space that it does. All right. So that is a brief but also kind of extended history of fan works. There's a lot more stuff that we did not get into here, but uh, we want to get to the fun stuff. Yeah. So Crystal and I have been reading fan fiction in some capacity for, what, a decade now? Since around middle school, I think, for both of us. Seventh grade. Yeah, I would say probably seventh or eighth grade for me as well. So we're going to talk to you today about each of our top three fandoms where we have read the most fic over the years i suppose and for each fandom we're gonna sort on archive of our own using their tagging system we're gonna sort by popularity essentially for those who use the platform i believe we decided we're gonna sort by kudos yes which is essentially when someone reads a fic it's sort of like liking it as you would on social media, but the term that's used on AO3 is kudos. So for, yeah, for our top three fandoms, we're going to sort by kudos for each one to find the most popular fic for each fandom. And then we're going to talk about if we've read that most popular fic and if we have what we think about it. This is kind of like a little competition in a way because we each pick three different fandoms and it would be interesting for like, say, one of my top fandoms that I read for and have read for for like 10 years. Oh my God. No, not that long. That long. No, not that long. Like, eight years. (laughs) That is, like, say Christiana has read the top fic and I haven't. That's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. So, for my fandoms, and I know we sort of chose our top three a little differently. For me, I'm choosing the top three that I have bookmarked the most fic for on AO3. Uh, These are not necessarily the fandoms i've been reading for say the longest with the exception of one which i think probably is one of the ones i've been reading for the longest but these are the fandoms that i have the most fic that i've liked enough to bookmark yeah and so for me i'm a little chaos goblin so i don't really bookmark stuff on ao3 i just sort of like search through and the other thing is that you do like when you're looking for fan fiction you sort by kudos like you there's like a lot of options in which you can like narrow down what you're seeing on archive of our own which is awesome and one of the things you can this sounds like an ad it's not (laughs) it's just that like i really love this website with all of my being and i use it every day because i'm a nerd but you can sort by like things like word count and kudos or date updated stuff like that you always sort by kudos because you like to see what other people have liked so you don't have to slog through the bs and i always sort by word count which might produce different results you which means that you might have read your top fix for your fandoms but I very well may not have yeah sort of my kudos is something that I started doing I guess around the time I started college just because my like mental real estate that I could devote to like looking through page after page after page of archive of our own results was like limited at that point so I've I've tried to streamline my fic finding process And I will look through page after page after page still to this day because I just, I like looking at, you know, long fics. I like reading novel length fan fiction. And I'm a big fan of the like 20 to 30,000 one chapter fics. I think that that's like the sweet spot of like the perfect fics. So, all right. Okay. So do you want to go first with one of your fandoms? Yeah, sure. So my first fandom is um, the It 
fandom, like the movies that came out, uh, what was it, like 2019 and 20, no, 2017 and 2019, I believe. Which is very interesting. I only got involved in that fandom after the second movie came out, and it was because I hated the second movie, and I wanted something that was better than it because I liked the first movie so much. So I I went on like a two-month sort of obsession where I read exclusively it fic, trying to find something that like depressed me less than that movie. So I'm going to sort now. I'm also going to sort only by completed works because I only read completed works. I always also sort by only English. Oh, yeah, I do that too. Okay. Have you read it? (laughs) I don't think so. So the topic is called Say What You Mean and then in parentheses it says Out Loud by Redburn. Um, I'm going to click on it. It's only 7,416 words, so pretty short, I feel like, for a top fic. Okay, but the second fic down the list is only 3,551 words. The third one is 1,600. Or 16,000, sorry. This is so crazy. No, I've never read this. Seriously. Yeah, which is wild, because I read, like, an unusual amount of it. Okay, so the thing about this one is, this is very interesting, this was posted after the first movie came out, but prior to the second movie's release, and I wasn't reading fic then. When were you reading fic? I read fic after the second movie came out. See, so the other difference between us is that I almost exclusively read slash fic, which is when two characters are shipped or written about as if they're in a relationship together and are not necessarily like that in canon or in the media that they come from. But you don't necessarily write I mean, I don't avoid fiction, like fanfic where they're in a relationship or where relationships occur because I feel like most most fanfiction is written about relationships, like, on Mm -hmm. the whole. And I mean, I definitely will read fanfiction that isn't focused on a relationship, but it's Mm -hmm. so pervasive in, like, fandom culture that I would say, I mean, easily 90% of the fic I read is about relationships. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I would say that 100% of what I read is about relationships. And that's what I was trying to say is that like, you still like seek out stuff that is just like the the characters from the media, like the media in situations, not necessarily like always in relationships with each other. Yeah. So for it, I have not read the top one. I have not read the second one. I have read the third one. And actually, I think the third one's really good. Yes, it's called New Page, Same Old Book by Rend underscore Herring, who I actually also follow on Tumblr because I liked this fic so much. (laughs) (laughs) So I would really recommend it. I think they're a really good writer, and this one was fun. I'm going to read the summary. Okay. (laughs) Here's my dramatic reading. He thought he'd hidden these feelings from himself, stowed them away in some dark corner and learned not to think about it. But the second Eddie peeked in from around the corner at the jade and looked at Richie with those big, limpid pools of Christmas orphan meat Bambi and started rambling about gluten and cashews, it all came flooding back into focus. Richie has loved Eddie so long that it's become an ache that goes beyond reason. Ah, yes. I love this limpid pools of Christmas orphan meets Bambi. The greatest (laughs) thing about this fic is that that description is like very sort of melodramatic, but the actual fic itself is very funny. Like at one point they get into a fight in the kitchen while they're cooking together and Richie slips on butter that's ended up on the floor and absolutely busts his ass. (laughs) So I'll go next. I'm going to save my most read fandom for last. So we're going to start with Black Sails for me. Ah, my beloved. 
So the first fic in black sales, there's only 4,483 completed works, which is not a lot. Okay, so the first one is Nature's Delight. Okay, so this fic is Captain Flint and Thomas Hamilton slash. I have not read it because I almost exclusively was looking for Flint and John because I love Flint and Thomas, but I just wanted to explore Flint and John. So let's see what the second one down is. I also have not read the first one. Until Death, It Is All Life. And, ooh, I have read this one. I have read this one. It was really good. I also have not read this one. You haven't? Nope. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, it's real angsty, and they do have sex in it. (laughs) And that's all I can really say. It's, like, it's really good. Yeah, okay. So I've definitely read the second one. I have not read the first one. If I click on Flint and John Silver and do that by kudos i'm sure i've read all the top ones for that so obviously the first one is like the second one on the list the second one is that one that doesn't have any description but it has like a lot of kudos which makes me think maybe i should take a look at it what do you like about black sales fan fiction i like okay so the writers of black sales are really good (laughs) like they're really good and they're okay i like about black sales fan fiction the thing that i like about most fanfiction that I seek out and that is like two characters who are emotionally stunted having to work through that together yeah I just enjoy like sort of forcing a character into a situation where they have to like confront all of their emotional baggage (laughs) so I sort of that's kind of what I seek out in a lot of um fanfiction that I read Black Sails in general, I just, I love the world building of the show. And so I think that attracts like a lot of people who are really interested in like world building and character relationships because so much of the show is like these characters constantly like creating more and more conflict with each other. It's definitely a very character driven show. And so I, I like how that sort of plays over into the way that people write these characters. I feel like for the most part, like this is a fandom that has like a lot of people who are trying to understand these characters especially because there's like so much that's obfuscated throughout the entire show i think that's very true i think what i enjoy about black sales fan fiction when i've read it is that flint and silver who are typically the subject of fan works for this fandom are so just so deeply disturbed individuals and i love to read media about people that have problems <laughs> anything that's tagged angst i'm there <laughs> And they're just, like, they're so strange. I feel like John Silver specifically is, like, one of the most compelling figures in media that I've ever encountered because, like, we go through the whole show and never even learn his real name. <laughs> I know. Which is so wonderful to me. I could do a whole episode just about Black Sails, and honestly, at some point, we probably will. But uh, what I love about Black Sails is that the great thing about written media is that you get so much of the like interior of a character and how their like brains work, which is like something that you don't really get in the show. Not that that's a failing of the show, because I think the show is basically perfect. Uh, It's one of my favorite shows of all time. But that's the great thing about fan fiction, I think in general, is that it just allows you to delve into like different facets of a work without changing the work itself. So that's great if the original work is something you love and don't want to change, but do want to explore sort of the different implications of things that came up in the show that the show or piece of media in general doesn't have the room to explore. And on the flip side of that, if the original media is something you despise and you know that they're never going to do the right thing in it, 
sort of how I felt about the It movies, where they introduced this sort of facet to one of the characters where he was like gay and closeted, which is not really something that comes up in the book. It's like hinted at in like the deepest of deep subtext. But the movie basically makes that canon and then by making it canon sort of introduces a pretty solid example of like gay people can't be happy in the end of stories in media, which is something we see all the time. And I hated that decision. I thought that sucked because it was just feeding into this narrative that we see all the time in media that gay people don't get to have happy endings. And so the thing that I loved about it fic was that they were like, actually, screw that. We do get to have a happy ending, even if we come to that happy ending at like 40 something, which I think is great because that's not something media does a lot either, is sort of say that, you know, you could have made a you could be around your middle age and have made decisions your whole life that have led you to a current life where you're not happy and you can realize that and then change everything and decide that fuck this you will be happy yeah i completely agree with everything you just said and that's that is one of the reasons why like i don't tend to seek out black sales fic that changes the story i i like to read a lot of alternate universe black sales fic as well because i like the characters a lot and i like to see like I just, I think that the show itself did a really good job of doing what it needed to, to like, I, I don't want to change the show is what I'm trying to say. It's just like, I love the ending and I love how chaotic and how you can just see, like the writing of the show is so good that there is like this net around these characters of this is going to end one way and it slowly closes throughout every decision that they make and there's no other way that it can go. It's beautiful. All right. Are we ready to see my second fandom? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So my second fandom is The Goldfinch, both sort of the movies and the original novel by Donna Tartt, though I would say the movies, I'm sorry, the movie singular. I will say of the two, I prefer the novel, but you cannot beat the amount of good fic that cropped up after the movie came out, I will say. Okay. So the first, uh, fic in the results that isn't like a crossover with a completely different fandom is called delicate in parentheses isn't it by macrame i believe that i have read this one it's not one that i have bookmarked so it's not a favorite of mine but i definitely have read it i i don't think i've read this one oh yeah i've definitely read this one the thing that i love about goldfinch fic is that boris and theo the two main characters of the movie slash book are perhaps the two most insufferable people on planet earth and so are therefore perfect for each other because who else could stand them which is essentially what the description of that this top fic says (laughs) there's like an excerpt from the fic itself and then it says that (laughs) essentially they realize as the two worst people on the planet they're pretty much made for each other which is true and that's the great thing about it i also and this is something that people online have expressed since the movie came out essentially is that the novel is like this really deep and beautiful meditation on like grief and the enduring nature of art and like the people who stick by us in our lives even when it doesn't make sense for them to do it because our lives are terrible or we push them away or whatever. It's like this really just wonderful like study on that and it's incredibly long and very like thoughtful. And at the same time, it's like the two main characters of it are just these absolute insufferable train wrecks of people (laughs) who are obsessed with each other. And that is why it is the best book ever. (laughs) I've only seen the movie, but I feel like that carried over a little bit into the movie. 
The movie is excellent. <laughs> the movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why it's, I really like the movie, but I recognize that it like is not great. Well, I like I okay. Let's hear it. Why does the movie suck for you? The, the editing is nonsensical. Yeah. That's true. I knew you were going to mention the editing. It's It makes no goddamn sense, but I left the movie theater obsessed. <laughs> yeah, it is like the story. It's just such a compelling story of yeah. like, I mean, just all of it is really compelling. At, yet at the same time, the movie is like watching it. It's sort of like a disturbing, melodramatic, depressing fever dream. Like I none of it all of the- really makes sense. And yet at the same time, <laughs> it compels you. So, yes, I have read the top pick for this one. It's good. I don't see why it's the most popular one for the fandom. The It's definitely not my favorite, but it, it is good. The best one that I've ever read for these two, which is not any of the top three, is the one where uh, Boris runs a little ranch. The Kansas one. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is absolutely number one fic in the fandom. See, like, I was trying to find the the black sales fic that is my number one, and I cannot find it. The one I've told you about, like, a million trillion times. It is really a missed opportunity here if we're not, like, recommending our top fic, I feel like. Maybe we can search later, and I'll put them in the episode description. Okay. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, do you want to do your number two? Yeah, so let's see, my number two, we're going to go to Kingsman because I want to save my most read fandom for last, but this is definitely up there and the possibility of me having read it is really high. So I clicked on Kingsman, The Secret Service. First one that comes up for me is Care and Custody. Yeah, that's my top one too. Okay, I probably haven't read this just because the summary is so short. (laughs) If you want me to read your fanfiction, you really got to tell me what's going on in it. I have trust issues. <laughs> That's fair. I believe the plot of this fic is that during the events of the first movie, Eggsy has custody of his little sister. And I, in fact, have read this fic and did like it. Yeah, I have read this one for sure. I have read the second one for sure, for sure. <laughs> I have read the second one multiple times, in fact. I the have not one, read the second one. I, we are two different people, and I understand <laughs> why you've read the first <laughs> one and I've read the second one. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. like the, Let me just... Uh, so, it's called All the Tables Turn. I have read this many times. Okay. And then the... So, yeah. I've definitely read the second one. I've specifically sought out the second one, to be specific. And the, fir- the third one is called Fallout. I've read the third one. <laughs> Definitely read this one, too. I haven't. It's occurring to me that I've read much less Kingsman fic than I've maybe thought that I have. Because I stopped reading it, like, not super long after the movie came out. So I read a lot of it, like, around the time the movie was released. And then I stopped. But you, I know, have kept up with it a little more. Yeah, I haven't read the fourth one, but I don't read short fics. That one's nasty. (laughs) Like, that one's just, like, straight up looks nasty. But then again, the second and third one are not great, so... Oh, no, you're right. The fourth fourth one is actually nasty. The other two are, like, (laughs) raunchy. This is nasty. Uh, I've read a lot of these. I've read a lot of these. And let me just say, if you're looking for not necessarily nasty, but, like, good writing of a a type, uh, check out Kingsman. (laughs) They just, they get it. That's half the reason why I read for them is they just get it. 
I love this for you. Okay, so my turn and my last fandom. My last fandom is also the only one on the list that I've been reading for, for like basically since I got into fandoms, uh, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Me too, babe. I don't know how it's going to be possible for either of us to have read the top for Marvel. No, I'm as sort of like calling the coin flip here. I probably haven't read the top fic because the thing about Marvel is that it's like such so deeply ingrained in like the cultural consciousness and amassed such an enormous fandom that it, there's like a lot of sort of disparate sub fandoms within it. Like people can get really specific about what their interest is in the fandom. I specifically was mostly reading fic about Steve and Bucky, like as a relationship, because I found that really compelling, particularly in the Winter Soldier movie. Uh, which I think maybe I touched on a little bit in our previous episode. See, for, like, Marvel, I've read a lot of, like, Steve and Tony, a lot of Tony and Bucky, which I know is a weird grouping, but I love it. And I've also read some Thor. I have read basically no Thor, but I have read for the Guardians of the Galaxy because I find that group dynamic. That's sort of, like, a found family interest of mine. I love reading about the team, like, Mm -hmm. trying to be people who can cooperate. (laughs) Which is, like, nearly impossible. It is. I think it's so interesting to read about, like, that dynamic. Uh, Anyway, so I'm going to sort through it, and we're going to see what's up. Top fic is... Okay, so the top fic is a crack fic, which is essentially fic that's written as, like, a joke uh, and not to be taken seriously. So we're going to disregard this one. The top fic for the actual that's, like, meant to be taken seriously appears to be a spider-man fic which i have not read because i don't read much about spider-man it's very long it is very long <laughs> the crack fic no. yeah i don't i don't want to talk please. about it I'm, I'm gonna read the description of this so no it's called please I don't Groot. <laughs> and it says extremely nsfw fic told from the perspective of Groot. i can't it has 124,000. 646 kudos that's crazy for a word count of like 1300 words that's insane 1300 words almost 5000 bookmarks this is heinous why would you write this <laughs> oh my god it's the 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 edit underneath of the the description of the fic says wow i just found out this is the top fic on AO3 yeah that's what i was saying like do they mean just in the marvel fandom or all of AO3 Oh my god. I know it's not true anymore. If it was the top fic on AO3, I know it no longer is because I know what the top fic on AO3 is. I mean, it was published in 2014, so I get it, but holy shit. <laughs> this edit where they say it's the top fic is from last year, though. But I know I know for a fact that that's no longer true. Yeah. The top fic on all of um, the whole platform is actually one that I have read. It's a Harry Potter fan fiction about the Marauders. It's called All the Young Dudes. It absolutely kicks ass it's like five hundred thousand words long it's like one of the best fics i've ever read this is truly a religious experience for me this is hilarious okay so i have not read the second fic on the list which i am counting as the top fic for the fandom because it's meant to be taken seriously not and the first one is joke the second one also have not read i've read the sixth one down on this list okay it's Steve and Tony, so that's why. But it's a fantastic fic. Have not read the one you're talking about. You said the fifth one? The No, the sixth one. Sixth the Twice one. Told Tale. Okay, yeah, that's what I was looking at. No, I have not read that one as well. 
that was just fun because Tony is dealing with the fact that he thinks that when Steve looks at him, he sees Howard the entire time. It's fantastic. But it's actually not that. It's There's time travel involved. Read it. <laughs> I maybe haven't read any of the ones on the front page. Like the first page of the results. Okay, no, that's not true. I've read I've read the 18th one down. It's called United States uh, v. Barnes <laughs> 617F. Uh, it's like legal jargon. Uh, yeah. By it's... Falling Voices and Radia Larch. That's fun. It is. It's actually really good. It's sort of like a discussion of what the media situation would be like and sort of the courtroom drama situation about if uh bucky barnes has to stand trial for the crimes he committed while being like brainwashed and mind controlled into being the winter soldier i always love like angst driven fix like that so i can see why it's on this page and i believe it's um like epistolary in style so it's told completely through like news articles and tweets on twitter and it's really good i love things written in that style i feel like it's hard to pull off and rarely attempted but if you do it right it's really really interesting but yeah i mean i've only read one other fic um that was epistolary in style that i thought really really worked not that i've read the one that you're talking about but it takes us sort of to our next grouping of fix anyway because i'm gonna go finally on the fandom i've been reading for since i was in like 10th grade which is star trek <laughs> i'm obsessed with star trek all right so for the actual what we're looking at there's wow uh, a lot of fix in the star trek category but yeah the first one's really good um i love anything where there's like a fake relationship or fake marriage where it's done to like sort of you know, get around some legal loophole or something like that. Um, And in reality, they end up falling in love with each other because while (laughs) we were talking about all the nasty shit that I read, um, this is definitely one, like, I also love, like, weird fluff shit. And this is about, it's called, yeah, A Sequence That You Never Learned. And it's where Spock and, uh, and Jim, they sort of pretend to be married in order for Jim to be able to adopt um, a young Vulcan child. Um, And it's really, really, really good. I have read both the fifth and sixth ones down and liked them both, especially the sixth one. Uh, oh, they're both by a writer called Waldorf. They're, uh, the first one's called Magpie. The second one's called Bluebird. I don't know if I've read the second one. It sounds familiar, but I've read so much fic that I could have read it when I was in like 10th grade. And I just don't remember because it was published in 2013. I've read the third one, uh, the genetic soap opera for one of the less dignified royal weddings. I also have read the... You said that you read the fourth one down, right? No. Oh, the fifth one then. Well, I've read yes. the I've read the fourth one as well, which is called Something Smart to Do. Um, and it's just kind of a fic where... It just is chronicling the amount of times that Jim and Spock end up like having to either get fake married or, or pretend married or whatever else. It's It's just like a fun little... That sounds like something you would like, because I know that you are a fan of tropes like the fake married trope. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found my favorite fic in the whole Star Trek fandom, which is Atlas by Distracted Cat. It's 14th in popularity, I guess, sorting by kudos at least. Um, is this the one where, this isn't the one where he's like some weird agent, right? 
No, it is. Where he's like working oh, it for is. sort of the black ops yeah, in this okay, world. <laughs> and they're absolutely evil. Yes, it rules. I love it. I've also read Magpie. I love Waldorf as like she is one of the best writers for for Star Trek as like for Spock and Kirk because like both five, which is I think it's five, yeah, five down, which is Magpie, which you were talking about, and six, which is Bluebird, um, are both by her and they're really good. Yeah, I like Bluebird especially. Okay, riddle me this. Why mm-hmm. what do you like about Star Trek fic? Oh, Jesus. Um, Okay, so I really like Spock and Kirk just as, like, a couple. I think that it's such a, like, a well-aged fandom because, like, sometimes you'll stumble across something that was written in the 80s and then uploaded to um, Archive of Our Own in, like, 2010 or something, and it's always, like, kind of a magical moment. I think that these are characters that there is, like, a very clear, like, consciousness of who they are across fanfiction. Like, the the writers and the general fandom really knows who they are, and so there's a very clear idea of, like, what you're getting into, no matter what fic it is. Jim is always, like, written pretty much the same. Spock is a lot harder to get correct, um, and that's why I tend to read from Jim's perspective. I identify a lot with Jim. I don't know, what, what is the thing that, like, really draws me to Star Trek? I mean, it's just, like, a hopeful, like fandom overall it's something where like you know that they're going to overcome and i like the fact that there's a lot of exploration and darker themes um both in the show and movies but especially in fandom where they will get into stuff that is not necessarily like easy but they are always like they like the fandom tends to handle things with care a lot I don't know. I really like the characters. I, I'm drawn to the family of, like, the bridge crew. Um, I do read a lot of fic where, you know, the bridge crew isn't necessarily front and center, but I really enjoy the way that the fandom characterizes the bridge crew because, like, you don't see a lot of them in, like, the movies just in general just because they have a lot that they have to get through in a very short period of time, but there is a very distinct, like fan headcanon version of each one of the characters like I love Ahura I like how she is sort of not afraid to like have a little bit of fun which I think they only leaned into that early in like the show itself um and I feel like she is a very strong and like happy character I like Chekhov who's constantly just like bitching about everything being from Russia like I feel like the fandom doesn't let him just sort of stagnate in that they like build him out a little bit more like one of my favorite fics is um from Chekhov's point of view where he just thinks that like Spock hates him (laughs) um and you know he's still really young and they like explore that um and how he's like trying to find himself I love Sulu who's just like a plant guy but also is like very zen um and is kind of broy. I like how he's like broy with. I I like Bones, who is just generally like the dad friend, but is also like always so tired of your shit. It's Scotty, who's just insane, but cares a lot about the people that he's surrounded by. I don't know. I just I I think that the way that the fandom understands the characters is very well fleshed out. I don't know. There there's a lot of consistency of character, which I've only ever seen, I guess, in like Kingsman. For instance, I feel like there's a consistency of Eggsy's character throughout Kingsman. And I just, I enjoy being able to jump from one fic to another, sort of still feel like the essence of what we all know to be the people that we're reading about. What draws me to Star Trek 
fic is well first of all i love things set in space <laughs> i think <laughs> space too, as man. a setting is so delightful but also like specifically to like the kirk and spock relationship what i find compelling about that is that i'm really a fan of that like enemies to friends to lovers yes! trope in fiction i think it's so delightful to like take this like person that you are sort of in a rivalry with and really like diametrically opposed to not because they're a bad person but just because you guys approach things from different points of view that are like so vastly different that you have trouble finding common ground i don't tend to like versions of the trope where one of them is set up to be a villain but this sort of like character and their foil who don't get along and then like grudgingly come to respect each other and then come to be friends and then realize oh shit i'm in love with you that is just so delicious to me. That is so fun and entertaining to read every single time. I never get tired of it. I think that that is truly the thing that draws me in. I think that's the thing that drew me in with like reading Tony and Bucky, right? Is that like these are two characters who are set up to hate each other. And with those two that like there's no clear villain, but it's like it's different. But like with Spock and Kirk, they are written at two sides as two sides of a coin and that's how they were always meant to be. You uh like Gene Roddenberry wrote them to be, like, um, a very emotional, like, gut-driven leader. And then his second-in-command, who is very, like, regimented and logical. And them having to find common ground um, and solve endless problems through that. The other thing that draws me to Star Trek is, like, the creativity of the writing. It's how these writers really take the conceit of the show in which they are on a different planet dealing with completely different societies, dealing with um, different issues every single um, episode. And they sort of like just run with that where the writers for this fandom are so fucking creative. <laughs> I have never seen another fandom that has really just put me into like so many different worlds as I continue to read through. And I would say um, if you can figure out how to get it to work and you're interested in Spock and Kirk as a, like a relationship to explore, sort of a lot of that different world building that you can find is on the Spock and Kirk archive. I feel like there's a lot less of it on the archive of our own just because it seems like a lot of the early fic was m almost entirely focused on sort of continuing that tradition of like where the characters are in each different episode even if it's like an alternate universe and they're you know just like meeting each other on a different planet it's always like so vastly different i feel like on archive of our own there's a lot of it but there's also just like a lot of the two of them continuing on on just like the enterprise or on vulcan you don't see as much of like the different alien cultures that are oftentimes completely made up by fans um, in early fan fiction. That is one of the sort of the virtues of Star Trek fandom is just how much the writers of the fandom delight in like how weird the world is and how much you can do with it. Yeah. I've heard a lot of stuff on this page. <laughs> I love that for you. I think that this was really interesting. I expected to have read the top fic in at least the Goldfinch. And probably the It, like, movies as well. But it was very funny to me that I read none of the top fics for my own fandoms, but the top fic for one of yours. Which one of mine did you read for? Kingsman. Because the, yeah. the top fic is Karen Custody by... Uh, yeah, and I read the Osama, second one. <laughs> yeah, that's funny to me. And then you read the top fic for at least one of yours. 
Yeah, I mean, I've read almost all the fics for Star Trek. Well, not all of them, but like I've read like a majority of what's on this page. But I also, I don't think I've either of us read a lot for Black Sails. To be, I thought I would have like read the topic for that one. Honestly, yeah, I think that's really interesting too because I consider myself to be someone who is like, I mean, read a lot of Black Sails fic. I think it's my number four fandom on my AO3 bookmarks like I've read the like that's the fourth most that I've read for Mm -hmm. but I've read I would say a shockingly low amount of the fix on the first page at least I guess maybe I have really specific taste in black sales fic it seems like yeah Uh, me too though I just think that's interesting it was fun to get sort of a a peek into our tastes for a fandom (laughs) and taste Uh, for fandom and I think that there is, I also have found like a couple of things that I'm like, oh, I might look into that more. All right. We'll be back before too long. We're still trying to figure out what we want our upload schedule to look like going forward. But within the month, certainly we will be back. This has been fun and we'll see you next time. Bye, Bye mom. mom. <laughs> oh, we almost lined up that time. Excellent. Okay. So, update, oh update on the situation. The uh, Groot fic that was supposed to be so nasty for Marvel just says, I am Groot, over and over and over and over again for 1,300 words. It just says, I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot. Okay, I take it back. This author is a genius. This deserves to be the top fic for the fandom. Oh, my God. There's, like, a little sad winky face in here.